Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but every day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Hey, Chuck, good morning. Aren't you glad you don't have to travel to Drury, Columbia this weekend? You can just stay right here in Fayetteville? It is nice to be home this weekend, so uh, that'll be good. Yes. The answer to your question is yes. Always avoid going to the probably second worst college town in the Southeastern Conference at this point in time. Ty Richardson is saying this, too. Let's make sure we uh, make note of that. Oh, Those good. Missouri people listen, Ty. That is, that is true. It's wild. though. They'll clip out some of our stuff occasionally and post it, especially during football season, which we know how that is not gone for us. But it hadn't gone well for Missouri this season, Chuck. Uh, I mean, under or sorry, over in SEC play to this point. It's so odd. Like, Dennis Gates gets his team to the tournament year one. They lose a few players. They bring a few guys in. It just hadn't mixed like Arkansas. Uh, I've tried to figure it out because they've had some games like earlier this week when they were, I think, up in the first half against Tennessee and then end up getting beat pretty good with Dalton Connect doing what he did kind of against Arkansas. But uh, I wouldn't say it's inexplicable, but it is odd to see how their season's panned out to this point. Didn't expect anybody really to be over at this point, and the odds are they're going to beat someone. Uh, the odds are they will not go 0-18. You sure don't want to be the one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, let's just be honest. You don't want to be the first one. They're better when Sean East plays. He's a good player. They've got other good players. They lost Kobe Brown a year ago, and um, I'm not sure what their NIL situation is for basketball. I don't know. It seems like it's pretty good for uh, for football. I don't know about basketball. So um, they've just not been able to put it together this year, but they've been in lots of games, and that's why I say odds are they're going to win one or two before it's over, and, and you don't want it to be you. Yeah, and one of the reasons Arkansas's been in not just games as of late, but won a couple, is because of Makai Mitchell, and Coach was talking about him yesterday in the press conference, and I know we've asked the question, other listeners have asked the question on the McCarty Daniel hotline, hey, why isn't Makai Mitchell starting? Here's what Muss had to say. Well, I think he's settled into being super, super comfortable off the bench. I think every player probably wants to start, whether they're playing CYO, AAU, high school, college, pros, FIBA. But right now, there's a great comfort zone on when he's coming into the game and the way he's produced. I don't know why anybody would want to start him because, I mean, he's playing the whole game minus seven minutes. And he's effective the way that that he's been used of late. But, you know, if it wasn't him, somebody would ask me, why am I not starting this guy? Why not playing? And then end up playing 11 guys in one half like I have. It is funny to to hear him because I I do remember even during their NCAA tournament runs that fans, including myself, I'm not the only one. I've asked the question, why are you only playing seven or eight guys? But I, I know that the injuries haven't helped all positive chucks, but one of the things it's kind of solidified their rotation to a certain degree with this basketball team. Well, it's pared it down by necessity, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like they're going to get some guys back. Um, I think before it's over, they'll be at full strength. Um, you know, but in terms of tomorrow, I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean, without you know, when, when you're down three guys, you're not going to be able to play as many. That's for yeah. sure. 
So when you look at SEC basketball as a whole, and this was something that the late Mike Slive really tried to concentrate on, investing in coaches, investing in facilities, and you mentioned Missouri's NIL situation. It's definitely not the same in basketball as it is football, nor is it at any school, basically, maybe outside of Kentucky. Uh, they beefed a lot of things up. It's not just Cal and everyone else at this point in time. I want to see, though, the SEC take a next step in the tournament because they haven't done that to just yet. Last time an SEC team was in the Final Four was 2019 against Auburn. The last time an SEC team won the national championship was 2012 against Kentucky. I do think this year you might have a couple teams that could make a Final Four, but you've got to get over that hump. It's We always talk about the regular season accolades and success. The SEC at some point, hoping, hoping it's this year, has to get over that proverbial hump and get back to a Final Four. Well, you know, when the SEC had teams in the Final Four, I mean, you talked about 2012, I guess. Um, most of the time, that's Kentucky. You know, most of the time, that's 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 who it's been, it would seem, anyway. Um, you know, in 2012, I don't know how many bids the SEC got. I know it wasn't eight or nine. Um, I don't know that you measure necessarily a league strength by whether or not somebody wins a national championship. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think that you do. I, I can tell you that when you look at the SEC in basketball now compared to you know ten years ago, I mean this has gone from a three bid league to you know a league that routinely is probably going to get at least eight. So I don't think there's really a hump for the league to get over. I. I I hear what you're saying, but you know you could say that in basketball. You this is not football. I mean, you you can say this yeah. about a lot of the conferences in basketball. Yeah, My, Mike Slive did make some efforts and brought in some administration to help balance scheduling and and work. Then the we RPI. hired Dave Gavitt. What he did it, to, to work. Or somebody did to work the RPI game, and now it's the the net rankings game. But what really happened, Chuck? In my estimate, is the schools finally invested in coaches. Um, you know, for, for a while, you you had no-name uh, up-and-comers leading some of these programs, and you had John Calipari. And then it was just a bunch of also-rans around the league or certainly not noted names in college basketball. Now you got, you know, multiple guys that are going to be Hall of Fame head coaches, and, and that's been, to me, the biggest change in, in what the SEC is now versus 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah, I said Dave Gabbett. That's the wrong name. They hired the guy from the Transizi. Uh, yeah, Mike Transizi yeah, was there. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that name. name right, but no, you're right. Um, that 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 is a big part of it. And you know, the television revenue that the league overall gets allows them to go out and 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 hire great coaches. And um, yeah, I've I've said before. I mean, ESPN's got this thing figured out. I, I mean, they. They throw big money at the conferences, and it guarantees that the conferences, the schools and the conferences are going to have the money to go hire great coaches. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean they're always going to make great decisions, but it means they're going to have the money to go hire a great coach. Um, theoretically, that ensures great play. And, um, you, know, hopefully, uh, I, you know, hopefully the SEC basketball continues on the upswing. But I think it's in good shape. Arkansas has not had a good year. But overall, I think the league in basketball is very healthy. Well, and you mentioned kind of it's the watchability aspect. I mean, you referenced 10 years ago or whatever, 2012 in Kentucky. I I don't have it recited by memory, but I would guess there's not many teams that made the tournament. Eight made it last year in comparison for baseball. Ten made it. I mean, I don't think you're ever going to outdo baseball. I, I don't think you're going to have the cha- you're not going to put up the championships in football just because how the NCAA tournament is structured but to at least get those teams to the tournament and then you have a team like South Carolina who can pop off every once in a while that you didn't expect because they strike lightning in a bottle with their head coaching hire so well, I just think it's important from like getting eyeballs because SEC basketball back in the JP days was horrible it just wasn't good and now it's a lot you better. Seen the Raycom days, yeah. The Raycom well, days. and and you know, mentioning JP and Raycom, um, that's not ESPN. That's not the SEC network. Um, you know, sometimes we, you know, and certainly to be on the mothership, to be on ESPN without another letter or a number or anything like that, that's a big deal. But when you're on the SEC network, you're on nationwide, mm-hmm. and uh, so I mean, the league, the league gets so much exposure now. And the schools have fan bases that rabidly donate to their programs, um, sometimes disproportionately to other parts of the country. And, and 
um, there's there's more money on the table, yeah. so to speak. And so I think that allows them to go nationwide. Let's talk about this game in, in Arkansas and Missouri. I know Muss is always focusing in on one guy and trying to, to, to lead with this, with this game plan. That uh, Tamar Bates guy led the game with 29 points the last time Arkansas-Missouri plays. Is he, the, is he the one the staff has zeroed in on going into this game? He's a good player. I mean, he had a great game. Indiana transfer, he's good. Sean East is a good player. Um, you know, when, when East is playing well and Bates is playing well, they've, they've, you know, they've got a chance to beat you. Um, when a guy scores 29 on you, yeah, though, I, th- I think – I think you focus on him for sure. He did have six turnovers in that game, so I know he again That's he had right. that. So he was able to score, but a, a lot of times, like Wade Taylor, for example, he had 30-something or 40-something against Arkansas and Fayetteville, but it took him 30-something shots to get there. So the efficiency and, like, you occasionally see big men who have big products or big games against Arkansas, but they'll turn the ball over a good chunk. You kind of live and take it at yeah. some of the. You can only take out so many players during the course of a game and game plan for whatever they're doing. And again, if you force six turnovers on that, you take that a hundred times. Yeah. Bates was ten of ten at the free throw line on twenty nine points. You mentioned the six turnovers, thirty nine, basically thirty nine minutes, nine of eighteen shooting from the floor, and um, three assists to go with the six turnovers and five steals in the game. So, pretty good play from their guard. Yeah, he's good. I mean, he's a good player. He had a good game, and if Missouri has a chance to win this weekend, he'll have to have another good game, I'm sure. And and East is going to have to play well for him too. They've look, they've struggled. Uh, that's why they've not won. But everybody's got a big game in them, and you know what I hope more than necessarily making it about Missouri. What I hope is that you know Arkansas makes it about Arkansas, and understands that. You know, yeah, the last couple of games have been better. And you're one and one in those games. So let's not act like, you know, everything's, you know, suddenly the the, the pendulum's just gone in the other direction completely and, you know, you're on this big streak. You got a chance to get on one. Uh, but, but you need to take care of your own business and make sure that you keep doing the things that you did the other night at College Station. If you do that, you'll have a chance to win. I think the goal right now, and everybody else might not, not say this in the locker room, but if you can get to just playing on Thursday night, if you can get out of the bottom four of the SEC and not have to start playing on Wednesday night in Nashville, I think that would be a win. One of the teams that's above you right now is LSU, two games above you, who's 6-7, and seven, who of course you play. You would have the tiebreaker over Texas A&M because you beat them twice, who are also at 6-7. and seven. So there are teams that above you that if again you win this game and I would expect if you win this game you win on Tuesday night uh, things can pop your way I don't expect to win a Rupp or Coleman but build a little uh, confidence yeah, though you, in you, a three game winning streak it, I think again as bad as this season has gone relative to preseason expectations if you could win three of your last five and I guess it would be four of six when you include the Texas A&M game that would be somewhat of a positive direction. That would probably put you out of playing on Wednesday night in Nashville. And I think that Arkansas fans, while they won't be just completely bought back into basketball, it'll at least give them the reason to, you know, I'll flip this game on Thursday night or Thursday afternoon and see how they do. Well, I don't know that three and two get you to Thursday. Um, I mean, Arkansas right now is two games back of uh, Georgia, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, and LSU. I mean to uh, to get out of Wednesday. That's you're not just trying to catch one team there. You're not just trying to finish ahead of one team. Uh, um, I don't know if they can get to to Thursday. I hope they can. Uh, I think you might have to go to four and one uh, to get out of Wednesday uh, because you got to look at who the other teams are playing also, and you're about to run out of ball games. Yeah. So I'm not going to get off in the woods on that. But but I do think that the thing that you've got to try to do is build momentum play well, um, continue to improve. They've done that the last couple of games. Get better, win tomorrow. Get better, win Tuesday. And at that point, if you get to that point, then you've got real momentum going to Kentucky. It doesn't mean necessarily that that you should have the attitude of, we're going to go up there and beat Kentucky. But, you know, it's not far-fetched. And the idea that you know, you're going to go up there and get drilled. I mean, I don't think anybody ought to think that either. So, but, but first you got to take care of tomorrow and then you got to take care of Tuesday. This team's not good enough to think for a moment beyond its next game. 
And if we as a fan base <laughs> think that all of a sudden, well, everything's clicked and they're going to start going on a run right here, um, you're about to run out of time. Yeah. But it wouldn't hurt if Georgia and A and M continued in the wrong direction. Let's just be honest; it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Yeah, hurt. Georgia's. Uh, you know, Georgia finally won a game, but they'd been in a real swoon. A and M's just been up and down. I, I don't know what to expect from A and M. I, I mean, who knows? Well, they've got six quad one wins, and they've lost twice to Arkansas, once to Vanderbilt. So, I mean, I've I've no idea. Well, Auburn Auburn is Georgia's next opponent, followed by LSU next Tuesday on the road, and then Irish. that that game is uh, you know let me scroll back up. Yes, they uh, could they LSU. could pass Georgia. They could pass Georgia. A and M, Ole Miss, and Auburn again. So I mean, yeah, that's 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 plausible. But again, you're two games back from them. Yeah, you're, I, I mean you you're two back with five to play. Listen to what we're talking about. Hey, how do we climb in to 11th? Well, place I, I mean, but when you look at it, and and yes, that's what winning a ball game will do. Um, <laughs> suddenly, you're you, you know you're looking at it, trying to figure out a way. Um, but that's you know that's what being a fan's all about. But you know, realistically, if you're going to make a run through the SEC tournament, it sure would be nice not to have to play Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, because um, you're well, you're a game back of Georgia, two uh, two back of A and M. So okay. Yeah. 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 No, I th- I think I think there's a chance to go from 12 to 11, and if you get hot, who knows? But I mean, you're right. If 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 you're going to try to win this thing, uh, you know, it would certainly be much better to play four. But I, I just think the biggest thing before we get ahead of ourselves is let's play well tomorrow. Let's win tomorrow I'm, and I'm, uh, deal with next week when it gets here. If they win three of two or four one, I'm I'm setting the over under of how many times I bring up the 2000 SEC tournament that oh, week about. Lord. 50 times can you even see the cart is so far in front of your horses they can, can even find the cart sets up all right sets up for you these next two and then uh go to rup with a little confidence like we're talking about yeah positive th- p- the power of positive thinking Chuck. i hate the i'm just glad they beat the aggies twice in a the season they've never won in uh in reed under moss so i was glad to see that EA Sports. It's in the game. All right, so I'm coming out of retirement for the first time in eight years to play NCAA football this season. Tommy, what was the video game? The Sega, Nintendo? Nintendo. Okay, what? The, wait, I what? had an Atari. Okay. You ever, have you ever heard of oh, Atari? My, that was had my the dad's. the old wood console Atari. You had Frogger. You had Pac-Man. Uh, there was game. no mismatch. Oh. That was the original console we had that you hooked up with the old RCA cables. Then a Nintendo was like the greatest innovation and technology yeah. ever and that you know and then i kind of aged out after an you stop at a certain point i mean yeah. i haven't played video games then and, i turned 14 yeah <laughs> i haven't played in eight years chuck would did you have anything that you stuck to back in the day or anything <laughs> you guys are so young i remember when pong i mean pong yeah, was yeah. invented i mean i remember when pong was like the most fascinating thing anyone had ever seen i was raised on pinball when I was when I was young, there were no video games. No. There was no Pac Man. There was none of that stuff. You played pinball. My uh, or pool. We went to the pool hall. Yeah, the pool hall. My we were dad. Bad boys back then. My yeah. dad didn't like video games, but I will say he loved Galaga, like at the arcade, and he loved Pong. That yeah. was the one game I could actually get him to play with me. That was on a console of some sort. It's the most basic game in the world, but it's so fun. Like it's an addict. Yeah. It's so addicting. That was me. the first television video. The first on-screen video game was Pong. It's a lot of fun. Alan and Alma texted on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. The Atari Twenty Six Hundred is that the one you Probably had? Probably how much it cost back then. Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, it, it was no. quite expensive at this point. And I listen. I love. I love pinball. I love foosball. I love ping pong. I love all the stuff. But uh, with this game coming back again, I haven't had a console in eight years. But I think I'm going yeah. to spend the investment and buy this. My dad's favorite game was mow the yard. Clean the garage. So those were two of his favorites. His favorite games, we so. played in the yard. Yeah. That's what we That's did. What we did. rode bikes and played yeah. ball and came home at dark. Yeah. That's what we did. I had a, Get outside and don't come back till I, dinner time. I hated my father at the time for it, but we had a one-hour limit of any television or video games. I'm glad he did it all these years later, but at the time I hated it. Uh, so I would, again, go swimming, uh, do the other stuff. I was an outdoors kid like I, you guys. I remember when my dad brought home the very first VCR we ever owned. And the remote on it had a cord. Wow. <laughs> it was a corded remote VCR. And it was, 
hundreds of dollars back then. I, uh, Tommy was rich as a kid. Tommy was a rich yeah. kid. Well, went to the right pawn shops. Got the got the good deals. Uh, do you do you guys still hoard any old DVD or VCRs from back in the day? I I have DVDs. I don't, and I think I have the I have a full I don't house. Think we have a VCR player. No, I'm got reel to reels, man. Oh, I've uh, got old reel. I no, I do. I have reels. Really? Uh, I have reel to reels. I have reel to reels. I have news, sports events from when I was a young broadcaster. You'd be amazed at the uh, historic events that I have in on reel to reel tape in a box that I probably uh, could audio find or like all. like uh, like a uh, audio. Okay, not 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 yeah. the, not 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 like a uh, audio. Well, I mean, back in the day, that's what we had in radio. Is we worked with reel to reel, and that's what you tape. I was thinking on. about like the projector. Like I I, I, yeah. I can see no. Chevy Chase no, sitting in the like attic that. in Christmas Vacation and uh, looking at the. the Although I've watched home movies on those. Yeah. Yes. Heck yeah! So that that kind of reminds me with the what K the KTV archives with all Razorback sporting events with the old Razorback Sports Networks and the Prior Center. You've got that old all those catalogs and different stuff yeah. like dating back to like the 60s and then all the way to, to this point. I'll watch some of those every once in a while just to, to see. But uh, Ty, there was a day that Chuck is speaking of where we had reel-to-reels in the radio station. You'd take a splicing block and you would use a razor blade and you would cut the tape and put it, cut the, uh, the, the tape you were recording on and put it back together with splicing tape. And that's how you edited your commercials. How you edited your tape? That sounds difficult. You had well, to be really good. Took talent right. back there. You, there you, was an art. There you didn't have a computer to, to make you sound good. You had to make. You had to be good. Well, I don't think I would have survived back then. Luckily, we have all this technology now to do it. Uh, Justin Springdale says, "I remember the '80s growing up. If we wanted to rent some VCR tapes, we had to rent the VCR player along with it. So Justin didn't even have the VCR mm-hmm. in his household. He had to to rent I that." You do that. As well, and man, if you didn't rewind, they'd hammer you for like fifty cents or something. Was it really? And that man, much? if you didn't rewind, and Dad got hit for an extra fifty cents, and if you were late, like you know, you had to have them back by ten o'clock the next morning. They had a little drop box, man. They'd hit you for a late charge. The good old days of Blockbuster oh, and usually other, like a neighborhood place you'd go. There was a little, store. little, little. We call them out parcels now. A little, little hut out in the middle of uh, the mall parking lot we'd go to, and you pick your. You could rent video games. You could rent movies. And you had beta and VCR, VHS. VHS, and yeah. I'm, I'm guessing the, uh, the the beta did not make it based on the fact that I have no idea what that's that is. That's a good guess. Is that a good guess? That's, that's, a, that's a quality guess. Okay, so. well. It's There's a, you a walk down the 80s memory lane there. Oh, there's some, so. good, there's some good, good memories intertwined in there from you guys, it sounds like. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. Call or text the McClarty Daniel Hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or mobile device. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team. And remember to use the promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, the game starts here. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. 
All right, let's talk some baseball with our friend Scott Tabor, former Razorback pitcher, 1979 College World Series team. Uh, Scott, starting with pitching, Hagan doesn't have his best showing this past week. Cold environment, windy environment. Uh, one of those fly balls get out to center for a three-run shot. Uh, you're playing in Globe Live, Major League Stadium. How does he respond tonight? You know, throwing in ice-cold weather is just not for everybody. You know, some guys can handle it, some guys can't. And being just a little bit wild, you know, his his walks and, and his wildness a little bit was uh, it could be two inches off, so it's not like he was throwing it into the backstop. And giving up a three-run homer and a 25-mile-an-hour wind, uh, that happens. You know, you got to stay low. But I think he'll come out tonight and uh, and be Hagen. I can't, can't wait to see it. And one of the comments Dave made in his press conference yesterday, or at least his his media meeting, was that Colin doesn't sound like Colin Fisher is going to play this weekend. W- with freshmen pitching today, how, how do you kind of like push and pull with them, play them some games, play them midweek, and then maybe trust them as they get po- closer to conference play in the postseason? You know, he's bringing up some <laughs> some great. Uh, He's adding a lot to the to the to the recipe for success for this team. All of a sudden, you've got a, a left-handed pitcher who shows he's very cool. He's got good pitches. He floods the strike zone. He he pitches to contact, which is very very important. So now we have not only McIntyre, who Luxury Van Horn has, a lot of people don't. Now you have Colin Fisher who can come in and do the same thing from the left side uh, early in a game or in the middle of a game, where he could potentially go in and finish a game, have a five-inning save or a four-inning save. Scott Tabor, former Razorback yeah, with somebody us. Who's... Former Razorback with us here on the McClarty Daniel Highlight. Scott, I wanted to ask you about the catchers, because Arkansas used three different catchers last week, uh, Helfrick White and Parker Rowland. What did you see from those three in that four-game series, and, and how do you settle in on – on uh, which catcher ultimately becomes your everyday catcher and what you do there? Because they, I don't think they plan on being overstaffed the way they are behind the plate. No, they didn't. And I think Hudson White, of course, you could just watch. He's the, he's the best hitter of the three. Very good hitter. I am, and just from you know videos that I watch, I think Helfrick is going to be your everyday catcher by the end of the season. They don't want to do that and shove him in there and put all that on his shoulders right away. Uh, but I think he's just his tools. You know, he handles himself like a like a veteran. I think the biggest problem that they're going to have, not the big problem, but the biggest issue they have right now is is making sure that he understands the game enough and pitchers and, and calling pitches because they allow him to call pitches. Which personally, I'm so glad to see because I hate seeing a pitcher have to throw something he doesn't want to throw. You know, you just don't trust what you're throwing if it's not your pitch. Yeah, we know they're working around the uh, the starter. We know they're working around the Stovall. We're, we're losing your signal. It's going in and out a little yeah, bit here. I, but, I know. I hear the same thing. Yeah, but uh, you know, they'll reintroduce Stovall to the infield and, and rework that lineup. What do you think the, the lineup will look like in a few <laughs> weeks from first, second, short to third? Are you serious? Uh, I love Holt. I, I don't see him taking Holt out completely and, and saying DH or putting – you know, he is just a spark plug. I think he's a he's a guy every team needs. He's got talent. Uh at second base, he's phenomenal. You know, he makes he makes every play and he makes a lot of plays that nobody else would make. Uh Stowell going back there, I like to see Holt go to third base, even though it's not his natural position. He's not gonna hurt you there. Uh Aloy at short, you know, Stowell second. I think McLaughlin at first. Uh a lot of people gripe about his lack of power. I think he's got power, but he is a, a natural-born line drive hitter. And you got a guy hitting 300, playing first base, take it all day long. Uh, the outfield, um, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of pieces you can plug in there. So I'm not sure. Scott Tabor with us here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline, former Razorback pitcher. Scott, uh, one of the other things Dave spoke to is first game jitters. Got him out of the way, played four games this past weekend. Now you're going to a major league park. What do you remember about opening weekends and maybe the, the second series that would follow him up? You know, they didn't get the opening game, game jitters out, the opening game shivers maybe. They got rid of those. You couldn't really think about being nervous when you're that cold. So I think this weekend will be – a little more nerve-wracking than this past weekend. Uh, it was This last weekend, though, was good. They had four games, so they could play a lot of people. Uh, it was kind of see if if fall ball transitioned, how it transitioned to spring, if what they saw in fall ball is going to be the same in the spring. I think uh, this weekend, you know, things settle in a little bit. So you're in a little bit of a routine. You know, you're pregame. You know how things are going to go. The pitchers know how much time to take before the 
before the game and uh, things just settle in. And, and routine is a big deal in baseball. You do the same thing over and over and over. And, uh, and I think this weekend is going to really show that. What, when you transition parks and, again, going from Baumwalker, which is not a, a small college ballpark by any means, but you would play your major league, how much strategy maybe changes for David Horton, specifically hitting coach Nate Thompson, starting tonight? There's no, yeah, there's no real change in that. You know, guys that are, we don't have any one guy that's going to be, he's just uh, all or nothing to, you know, like Slavin. Slavin's was kind of a, I'm going to hit it out of the park or I'm going to strike out. Uh, I watched Jose Canseco. I came up with Jose Canseco, and he was kind of the same way. But when he hit it, oh, he hit it. So the size of the park and all that, if you hit it, if you barrel it up uh, with the right trajectory, those guys all have incredible bat speed. So the ball's going to get out if you hit it right. Now, they don't play for that, and you shouldn't play for that. They play for line drive, and that's what you want. So when as a pitcher, you don't change your strategy. You're a, If you're a ground ball pitcher, you're a ground ball pitcher. You don't change that because it's a big park. So I'm going to throw it up in the zone, see how far they can hit it. Well, you won't be in there long. Uh, so everything should be about the same. You just don't you don't change your strategies that much uh, unless it's a real short porch to right. You may carry more left-handers in, in the lineup uh, to take advantage of that. But otherwise, everything stays the same. Scott Tabor with us here on the McClarty Daniel Highline. We've talked all, all off season about the depth of the pitching staff and the middle relief, which you know back in your day there wasn't a lot of middle relief. You had a lot of complete games. But break down Will McIntyre and Cody Frank and. And, and what that brings, particularly with McIntyre, because we got to see him on display twice last weekend uh, in that series with James Madison. What is the value, and what do you see when you watch McIntyre pitch uh, coming in, particularly in that first game where he came in uh, earlier than anyone thought would would uh, be part of the plan? <laughs> yeah, he did. Well, for one thing, he has to be ready. And I think Will McIntyre, once he's gone, people will really, really, really see how important he was. And I think there's going to be a Will McIntyre story. You know, he had to beg to get on the mound. Please throw me. You know, I'm, I'm working hard and I'm here and I'm, I just want to throw. Uh, he got his chance and they gave him his chance and he's taking full advantage of it. And he's gotten better and better and better. You know, he's exactly, he's exactly the prototype that you want for their rescue guy. You know, you have your starters and nobody's going to say, nobody talks about him. Nobody talks about him. Until after the game, you go, well, McIntyre really came in and did a good job. Well, it's over and over and over, and it's the middle of the game. That's just a part that most people don't talk about. You know, it's the beginning of the game and how you start, and it's the end of the game and how you finish. And that middle part's just as important. Every out counts the same. So I, I think he is going to just – he's going to have a cops-type type year if he can stay healthy because his demeanor, uh, the things that he has added to his repertoire, I don't know if you notice, he, he's more on top. And I, I believe I read that he had talked to cops about, about hand – position on the slider so the slider is more uh almost a straight drop down drop ball you know he can stay on top of it he can make it go right to left uh, he turns the ball over a little bit his fastballs is is he places his fastball where you should put it he makes it hard to hit so kids hit it but they don't hit it very well and that's what you want you know you want to hit it the other way you save on pitch count so he, he is prototypical and he's fantastic and i think cody frank's the same way I guarantee you he's itching to get in. And now you have Colin Fisher thrown into the mix. Yeah. You've got three guys there that uh, that can eat innings, uh, which is kind of like calling the quarterback a game manager. It, it's kind of a, they go, well, you know, he's an inning eater. Well, you've got to be pretty good. You don't just go out there and they go, yeah, we're not going to hit the ball for four or five innings while the inning eater is in. You earn those, earn those innings. And so I, I think it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. I, I watched Colin Fisher in person on Monday and just the efficiency in the first few innings for him and, Knowing you got him, if nothing else, for midweek games, it makes Arkansas even tougher on a Tuesday or a Wednesday with a guy like Colin Fisher if he ends up not cracking the weekend rotation. Well, and I don't think cracking the rotation is is really in his mind unless there's an injury or unless, uh, you know, things can go to the wayside pretty quick. You know, Hagen Smith may have some little nagging injury that nobody knows about, but he's just not effective. Uh, Molina, you know, as effective as he is, one little thing can go wrong. All of a sudden, you have Colin Fisher you can plug in there. But the midweek games right now for him, for Fisher, is for him to gain the coach's trust. That way they know it's not just a one-off where he had a great game his first game. He's going to be, oh, he's going to be a stud. That can change week to week. You know, So he's got to show consistency. And I think if he shows consistency in those midweek games, uh, gets deep into each, each outing, uh, doesn't, doesn't fall apart, fields his position, does all the things right that you're supposed to do as a pitcher, I think we'll see a lot of Colin Fisher once it comes to tournament time and deep, deep into the season. Scott, good breakdown. Look forward to learning more about the team this weekend and hearing from you next Friday with us here on the Morning Rush. It's going to be fun.
Three and zero, baby. There you go. Scott Tabor with us here, former Razorback on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. You know, Chuck, we're starting to really see the depth of this pitching staff. I think this weekend we'll get some more pieces to the puzzle. We're all, we're all still learning together, but I thought Scott had a really good breakdown there on McIntyre. Well, I think those are really important innings, and I'll echo what he said there, that we do tend to focus on the starters and the closers, but if you really look at the way the game's played now, the way the game's managed um, at the professional level, at the collegiate level, you know, you got a lot of pitchers that are being pulled after four or five innings of work, and when you really break down a ball game after it's over, sometimes it's the third time through the order. You know, can the starter get you through that? Can the guy that you bring in out of the bullpen get you through that? Uh, that's a critical part of the ball game, and a lot of times that falls in the fifth and sixth innings. And so I do think that guy is becoming more and more valuable. Sometimes you need an innings eater. Sometimes you need a bridge guy. Um, but whatever your situation is, if you've got two or three candidates there and, and you know, you need to have from both sides – but um, I just think that's such a critical part of the game. I just wonder how the adva- advanced scouting has changed things for, for pitchers and for hitters because now the video is so good, the breakdowns are so good. You talk about getting through that third rotation, third time through the lineup. I mean, there's no surprises anymore. There's no, you know, either way. So I just wonder how the advanced scouting has changed that and, and, and one of the reasons that everybody in baseball has, you know, a starter that goes – Five or six innings, middle reliever and a closer. I think it's kind of the setup. Well, you know, you've got to, you know, you got to make end game adjustments. And a lot of times, you know, when you get to that third time, the starter's still in there. They've they've made adjustments to one another. Um, guys are beginning to, you know, run out of steam a little bit. Hitters are good. You know, hitters are good. And so, um, you know, that's that's just a. You know, that's a critical part of the game. And sometimes it has to do with execution and endurance. A lot of times it has to do with adjustments on the part of a hitter. Um, but, yeah, I mean, whatever uh, you know, whatever advantage you can gain from scouting or whatever, you're glad to have it there because I, I was just agreeing with what Scott mm-hmm. said. I, I just think that um, those middle innings, when you really look back at a lot of college games particularly, um, that's, that's, that's really when the turning point happens. Tyler and Greenwood uh, texted in here on the McCarty Daniel Hotline wanted to know if he could watch the games this weekend. So they're not on SEC Network or SEC Network Plus. They're on the Flow Sports app, which you can get at a discounted rate for $14.99 a month through this uh, this other conference, CAA discount. So if you go through that way, you'll be able to get that then, I think, the $29.99. But as always, you can listen to it right here free on ESPN Arkansas and hit that line.com. I know Phil's excited to to be there for that this uh this weekend again uh ranked opponent dave got asked about oregon state i think he's as long as arkansas plays oregon state and it's only that i think the third time or third or fourth time in the history of the the programs that you played each other but he always gets asked about what happened in 2018 can never seem to Low avoid that question. hanging fruit there he's you know that that's always gonna first be time they played him since then i mm-hmm. guess yeah at yeah. this point so they got a good team this year so arkansas is gonna have to ready to play uh if hagan doesn't if he has a similar outing again it was kind of weird circumstance with the win and everything but if he has a similar outing tonight i would not expect them to to win but i bet he bounces back tonight uh it's kind of it was kind of interesting listen to what dave had to say about kind of how he treats third year players relative to freshmen especially in regards Hagen Smith. I don't worry about Hagen a bit. I made the comment last week. Someone asked me what I talked to Hagen about. I don't talk to Hagen about baseball much. I asked him about his dog and how his girlfriend's doing, and we just talk like friends. And he's an incredible worker, tough as they come. And he didn't pitch good in the cold, and he didn't. He had trouble gripping the ball. And now, if he had a couple more outings like that, then rather I might get a little bit concerned. <laughs> but I'm not concerned about him. His attitude this week has been great. I think he's just ready to get back up on that mountain pitch. When the guys have been here their third year, that's kind of the way it is. You know, the first year, we're trying to figure out what they're all about. You know, we see what we see on the field, but what are they like as a person? What are they doing away from the field? And what are they like besides baseball? And, and by the time they're a junior, I mean, we're we're talking about a lot of other things. And Hagen is a junior, so again, treated a little differently than maybe a, a, a freshman pitcher would in that situation. Well, Chuck, you always talk about Kids know if the coaches care. It's the conversations that Dave's talking about there that, that that build that personal connection and that trust that hey, I know I know coach has my best interest at heart, even if he has to 
to pull me much earlier than I'd rather go out of a baseball game. Well, as a player, you have to earn that trust. You know, what Dave's saying when he says we don't talk about baseball, he's saying I trust him to take care of the baseball. And as a player, you earn that. And if you're a junior and the coach has got to be on you every day, um, you know, that, that probably gives an idea about what it's going to be like going forward for that guy. If you hit that third year and you're not one that has to, you know, be prodded every day, then chances are you're having some success. And so I think that's something Hagen Smith has earned. And it sounds like, you know, Dave understands very well how to, you know, how to, how to work with that player. Yeah, and it's not just him he mentioned. I think he mentioned Tiger at some point this week as well and some other guys. So once you, again, it's pretty pretty typical for not just Dave Van Horn to do that, but for coaches across the college spectrum. You earn that trust, and Hagen has seemed to earn that in his three years here at Arkansas. Well, we've been talking for a few days now about Ty and his Montana trip coming up and doing oh some fly fishing. And, uh, you know, maybe I, and we mentioned this yesterday. In maybe, a practice round. Right, right in cursor, practice yep. round. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, so we just heard from Dave Van Horn. What about from Eric Musselman? Team's been banged up a little bit. The latest on his team's injuries. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that he'll play this season as long as there's no setbacks. He's been gradually working his way back into the fold. Hopefully, uh, he'll be able to go through some practice today. He has gone through some light stuff of late. And then uh, Jalen Graham will not practice today, possibly will practice Friday. You know, both guys, I would say, because we didn't practice yesterday and we haven't practiced yet, I would say both guys nearing a return, whether that's Saturday or Tuesday or the following Saturday, sometime within the next three games, we would expect to have, you know, both of them back. Keon's day-to-day. So He'll go first, through whatever he can in practice. First guy he's talking about there was Trevin Brazil. Uh, second guy, of course, Jalen Graham, we mentioned, then, and Keon Midfield. Doesn't sound like Keon's going to play tomorrow. Uh, Jalen maybe in the next three games, and then Trevin as well. Um, so that is encouraging. I said earlier this week I didn't think we'd see Trevin Brazil earlier this season, but that sounds like the first time there actually seems to be a timeline associated with Trevin Brazil. Yeah, I think we're going to, as as I said earlier, they're going to be back at full strength here, you know, before too much longer. And the question's going to be whether or not, you know, they can play well together. You know, and I know that's a simple phrase, but when you look at what's happened over the last couple of ball games, the rotation's been pared down by necessity, and they've played well. I mean, they've played, you know, beyond reasonably well at times. So, now you're going to um, you're going to bring three pieces into the puzzle. One that's not been around in a while. Yeah. So you'll have to see how it all plays out. So how's that going to work? Must also touched on that as well. You got to wait till see who's available and who's not available. And you know the way that we played the last two games. I mean those guys are going to deserve to continue to stay in somewhat of a role. But obviously you know if, if injured guys come back you want to get them back in the fold as well but it has been guys kind of know when they're coming in and out of games and it's been a little bit easier probably from a coaching standpoint as well as a player perspective with a shorter rotation which is why we've done it that way for nine years and you know it wasn't done earlier because lack of consistency and that's been the one thing with our team that we you know we're continuing to try to be as consistent as we possibly can so whether it's this game tomorrow or the game against Tuesday out against Vanderbilt in the next week in Rupp. That is something he, again, is contemplating with his rotation, how they're going to feature guys back in to not just starting but playing as well. All right, that's going to do it for your hog update this morning here on a Fast Break Friday, always brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888 8 sparky 
And it is a gorgeous Friday across the great state of Arkansas outside as we welcome in our friend Sean from the Fence Man. I think it's 60, 70 degrees outside of the state. That's perfect weather Good for you guess. guys. It is amazing building weather. I mean, my guys are just enjoying every minute of it. And we're just trying to get her done as quick as possible. We got like another, what, two weeks till it turns to... 90 plus. Hey, no, like. no, 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 no. It'll no, turn, it'll turn back to, to winter weather before <laughs> yeah. we get to summer or even yeah. spring weather. Exactly. So, uh, how long no. you lived here, boy? So. Uh, I mean, I've, I've seen it, it snap like that and just all of a sudden go from spring to summer within like two or three weeks. So you just never know. I've here seen in snow in May too. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's, there, it's, it's Arkansas. We're about as weird as it gets when it comes to, we weather. have four seasons in a day. That okay. is true. That is very true. I'll wake up in the morning, it'll be 25 degrees, and by the afternoon, it's 70 or 75. So yep. I, that's very much Arkansas in a nutshell. All right, let's get into another edition of Fitzman Friday. Fenceman Friday Picks. Call the Fenceman for all kinds of fences, controlled access, and custom iron projects. 479-782-3936. The Fenceman. We ain't afraid of no work. All right, guys. We'll start in Oxford, Mississippi, as the hometown team, Ole Miss, is a four-point favorite against the visiting South Carolina Gamecocks, who did not have a great week last week. Guys, I'm going to take South Carolina to pull the upset, not in terms of rankings, but in terms of betting lines. I mean, I think that South Carolina ends up not just covering, but winning this game. I think you're right. I think they get back on the winning way. They, they had a rough week last week, and uh, they had the bye week or the bye date in the middle of this week. So they've had a week off. I'm with you. I think uh, South Carolina is going to go in there and, uh, and win against the Rebels. John, what happens tomorrow in uh, the Pavilion? Nope, Rebels will still take it. All right. All right. All the way. What do you think, uh, Chuck? Who gets it? Hotty Chotty. Hotty Chotty. Ole Miss wins it all. Chris Beard gets another good home victory. All right. The they need it, though. Yeah. The big game tomorrow, Alabama at Kentucky. Kentucky, three-point favorite. Crimson Tide have not fared nearly as well on the road this season as they have at home. Kentucky, again, trying to bounce back from a loss earlier this week. Bama gets his best home win in the, a road victory of the season tomorrow, Tommy. They not only cover, but they outright win. I've got the visiting team also upsetting the Wildcats. Uh, I'm going to go with Big Blue at home. Chuck, Big Blue, or are you rolling with uh, the visiting NATO, Fighting Naotes? Well, I would, I'm not surprised you picked Alabama since there you've already is. predicted today that Cal's going to get fired at the end of the year. I say this is Cal's last <laughs> stand. <And laughs> Kentucky wins, and he talks trash to some guy named Ty Richardson yeah. when it's over. Good. Yeah. More uh, more pub for this show and, and this radio station. All right, what do you think, Sean? Go Blue. Go Blue. Yep. Cal, Cal not only wins, but he gets ejected from the ball game and his team wins. That's the, He's due his ejection. He hasn't had his ejection yet. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't happen tomorrow. All right, one of the interesting player props for tomorrow's game against Missouri is Devo Davis, who, by the way, I saw got baptized last night. So good for Devo. It's three and a half total points and over under 28 and a half total minutes played, Tommy. Does he score four points and have more than 29 minutes on the four? It's minus 125. He'll score the four. He won't have the 29. Okay. See, I'm going to go the opposite. I don't think he gets to four, but I think he's going to play 29 or more minutes, Sean. Does he do both or does he not get one? Both. Both? Okay. That situation. Arkansas right now is a six-point favorite at home, Tommy, against Missouri. You going to take the uh, visiting Tigers in the points, or are you going to take Arkansas to cover the spread? Give me the hogs, Chuck. I think that, that this game's a 10 or more points tomorrow. Missouri's terrible. You lose this game. It's the worst loss in the Muscleman era at this point. Arkansas wins this game relatively handily tomorrow, Sean. Same thing. Go Razorback. I think it's a, a pretty big win. They also have this uh, this thing right now in the Bet Saracen app. Plus 300 for Arkansas to win all three baseball games this weekend against Oregon State, Oklahoma State, and Michigan. I don't think that's going to hit, Tommy. Even though you got decent odds, I just I can't see that hitting tomorrow say, and this weekend. Say all that again. Plus 300 for Arkansas to beat Oregon State, Oklahoma State, and Michigan oh, in Arlington this all weekend. Three. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't. Competition is too tough down there. Yeah, they again ranked opponent, top ten opponent. I put twenty bucks on it though. What do you think, Sean? Plus three hundred for I, them to I, win all three I'm games. Not Tommy, I'd, I'd put some money on put it. Put some money on it. Throw it on it. Twenty, well, forty bucks. We'll see. Hey, I mean, they've yeah. had they've had. That'd be an impressive three and zero though. That would start you out strong again yeah. to be six and one with a, a couple marquee wins to open the season. 
Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. There's no morality in Tuscaloosa. We've known that for quite some time, and it has spread its infection to the basketball program. I did not see the play live earlier this week when Muhammad Wag basically concussed this Florida front court player and elbowed him. Nowhere near going for the ball. It's one of the more egregious acts on a basketball court I've ever seen. You about the seen. play? They were on the, on the floor in the paint, and they end up... Gave him the people's elbow. Just yeah, like in the middle not, of the lane. Not going for the ball. I have Came seen from the top rope, huh? I have seen elbows during the course of a basketball game, during rebounds, box outs, whatever, that were not on purpose. Sometimes it just happens. You get a tooth knocked out, you get hit in the face. Like it just happens. That was again pretty bad. But it's not like this is This was new. not a basketball play. Yes, it's not like yeah. this is new. And by the way, he has been suspended by the SEC which was announced yesterday. Uh, This is not new for Alabama. And I cannot believe I'm saying this. I I never thought, never thought I would say on these sports talk airwaves that I actually hate Alabama basketball more than I do Kentucky basketball. I actually somewhat respect John Calipari and Kentucky basketball. And I know they have not had the same NCAA tournament success relative to expectations in Lexington. But you've got that. You've got... The John Petty getting thrown out a couple years ago. You've got Oates putting his hand on another player, which you never do. I don't care where you are. I don't care if you're on a basketball court. I don't care if you're outside of the arena. You don't put your hands on an opposing player as the head coach of another team. Then you have the Brandon Miller stuff that happened this last season. I mean, it just it keeps piling up. It keeps piling up. But Greg Byrne, what he sees, he sees the W's. Now, they don't want squad in the postseason. They haven't done anything. They shoot it 50,000 times a game to the three-point line, and when they actually play in a neutral site arena or a place they're not used to, they can't throw in the ocean, and that's why they lose early like they did last year when it's the best seed they've ever had because you can't win that way, and Oates is going to continuously falter and fail in the NCAA tournament. (laughs) Guys, they have surpassed, in my mind, and again, never thought I would say this, they have surpassed the Wildcats as my least favorite basketball team in this league. I will agree. That was a vicious elbow. I mean, in all seriousness, that was a um, that was a cheap shot. There's no doubt about that. When you watch that replay and you watch it three or four times, each time you watch it, it becomes more malicious. Um, I won't disagree with you yeah. about that part. But if you're going – so that play is what is – Put no, you over it, the it, it's it's the co- combination of that's what the I just That's the, the last straw. It's the last straw. It's the straw that broke the camel's back, and but it wasn't even on you. an Arkansas player. It, can you imagine the intensity I have this morning if I saw my buddy Makai Mitchell get elbowed in the face by one of those bums that play in Tuscaloosa? If that happens in Coleman in two and a half weeks, I'm gonna or two weeks, I'm gonna lose my mind. I'm going to lose my mind because Oates has already gotten away with so much already, and that would just be something else. The only thing they add to the tally. To are the you really buddies base. with Makai? No, you not said at my all. Buddy if he saw this, if he heard me, saw me, if he sees this clip, he's going to be like, "Who the heck is that guy?" No. So, what if Nate Oates stole stole your coffee cup? Then what would happen? He'd get a kick in the the midsection mm. that only male that only men have, and it would. Hey, I will say this for you. I'll say this for you. I felt the same way about him during the course of all this Brandon Miller stuff last year. I had to stop thinking about it because I'd get mad if I thought about it. It would just drive me crazy. So uh, I hear you. Here's here's the other thing about all this. It's not just me. Your head basketball coach hates him with the fire of a thousand suns. Musselman 
hates this guy. And that's why it's so great is it's not just me. There's a mutual respect between Cal and Must. Now, on competitor side... But Mus hates this guy. Hates you're assuming that. a lot. How do you know right? I'm not assuming. You're, you're assuming a lot. I'm not assuming. I'm not assuming on this. We'll leave it at that. He hates this guy with the foul. When you fires. guys smoke cigars, you talk about that? Yes. Uh, on, on the, buddies with him, too? Yes. On the, uh, hates him with the you fire of a thousand sons. Yeah, okay. when we're out right. playing golf. When, like, when you were over... When you're over for dinner the last week, yeah, this is what called us go for dinner, and yeah. it's so great. What you serve? Because it's like when Did you she have cheese pizza for you. I think it was some sort of vegan dish, if I remember correctly. <laughs> but when you're in lockstep, when you're in lockstep, like there's something well, you to are like, known for vegan dishes. Yeah, that's me. When you're in lockstep with the basketball coach, like there's something to, that he says I completely disagree with. Same with Pittman. Same with Dave Van Horn. But I can, oh. and he's never publicly. To be clear, you can tell is what you you're can saying. tell. There's certain things you're you reading can pick the body up. language. Yeah, you read the tea leaves hey, of sort, on. and he hates this guy, which is just again, it adds to the idea hey. that Alabama, not Kentucky, as odd as that <laughs> is to stay, is now my least favorite basketball team in the Southeastern Conference. Hey, and hey, it's, not yeah. it's not just me. It's not just me. Hey, I'm not saying it's just you. I, I I don't disagree with that. You said sometimes you disagree with Dave Van Horn. What what things does Dave say you disagree with? I'd like to hear that list. We'll have to we'll have to go back and, uh, and you'd have to go down you'd have to go back and break it down pitch by well, pitch. I, I, okay. <laughs> I'd just be interested <laughs> so, to know to what Dave okay, right, what so Dave has said that well, you don't think is let, right. I'll pull something he said yesterday. So <laughs> he doesn't sound like he's gonna play Colin Fisher this weekend. Throw him out there. Let's see if the freshman's got any you know what to throw in this environment. I know this, uh, there's a there's something to be said. You don't want to so scare wait. him off early, but let's see if he's got some kahunes. Like, it's one thing to throw against James Madison on a Monday and bomb Walker, but yeah, do, you have the, do you have the you-know-whats as a true freshman to walk into a major league ballpark in only your second game ever and strike some dudes out. So so yeah, he's that, sitting down Molina. He's sitting down Hagen. Who you pull him out of relief. Down? No, you're not. You're not. You're not changing your starting rotation. But pull mm. pull the guy out of relief. So put Let's a starter him. in relief. Okay. Yeah. See if he. Uh, he's not. I mean, he's not gonna, Dave Well, somebody's got to pitch against Grambling on Tuesday when yeah. you get back. But that's a that's a throwaway game. I mean, that, somebody's got to pitch until you lose that game. Yeah, it's a throwaway. <laughs> game. We get on Wednesday and say that. <laughs> well, well, Dave, fans. why did you uh, pitch Fisher over the weekend? Well, I was listening to Ty Richardson on the Hit That Line Now app, and you know he got me to thinking with his analysis, his deep analysis on Friday morning, and I uh, I changed my plan. Yeah, so that's if you want <laughs> just a to quit. And again, he's got much more reasoning, much more uh, knowledge on why he's doing that. this particular oh, no. approach. What the hell you say? I know that's surprising. But you guys asked, you guys asked for something. I was like, well, I want to, maybe it's just personal, but I, I didn't ask. Right, well, Tommy well, I did. did. I just Tommy was, inter- did. I was interested. To, okay. So <laughs> tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me why Nate Oates. And I'm not even diving into this. Okay, this you, is your you, deal. You do it then. This tell is me, your deal. Tell me why I'm wrong that Nate Oates has not eclipsed Cal as the most hated coach in this league. Oh, I understand why you think that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I get that part. The, the reason people hate Kentucky is not necessarily Cal and the program. It's the fans. At least that's, that's for, part of it. I think, Absolutely. I think it's, the, it's, it's like the old school Texas arrogance. Or, we, we, or we, Alabama we, football. Or, or Alabama football. football. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, that's why we have a disdain and a hatred for Kentucky. A, they win a lot. You know, they Dale, ruined you. You say Dale Earnhardt was the most loved and hated NASCAR driver ever in his era, and you because s- people hate it. Jeff Gordon, same way. Because when you win a lot, people don't like you, and that's that's K- Kentucky's problem. I don't like their fans. I don't like, like the way they're they. Like, they're like Bama football fans. Yeah, they're I, toothless inbreds. I don't like the way they roll into places and and act like they 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 own the place. Yeah, it's and and the the back Bama like okay they're stupid they're illiterate. They marry their brothers and sisters, but like you have championships to back that up, not just. But they're like, good in football. Day. Yeah, but they're good. Yeah. For, and then and they can at least be like, hey, we won this year, this year, and you're like, okay, you kind of have to deal with that. Kentucky, yes, they've had Patino, Smith, Rupp, Joby Hall, now Cal. Cal's won one. 2012, y'all. It's been 12 years since they last won a national championship for the Texas Longhorns. Those arrogant schmucks that. In fact, all of Texas and not just Austin, but all that state, 
They haven't won a national championship since 2005. They finally won the Big 12 this year after not winning since 2009. So the arrogance associated with them, it just blows my mind. But like for Kentucky again, until... I guess what is last season? They had won a tournament game since well, like 2018. Are we bashing hey, Kentucky or are we bashing Alabama? Here, what are we the, doing here? Here is the thing. All of, all of them. Calipari, whether you, whether you hate Kentucky or not, Calipari is more likable to me than Nate Oates. Nate Oates is just not a likable person. He just doesn't come across. Cal, and, and Cal, I think he's funny at, at times. I think his press conferences are engaging and entertaining. He's more likable to me. If you said, hey, who who do you want to go eat spaghetti and meatballs with? Cal or Oates? Oh, it's easy. Yeah, Cal goes to Herman's yeah, the, the I mean, night before I, mean, I don't the like game it when Fayetteville. he comes in here and wins, but I, I'd kind of like to sit down and he's, have a, a steak at Herman's He's with a Cal. showman. He gets care. tossed out. He knows what, it, again, he's going to get canned after this year, so I can say glowing things about him because his tenure is going to be up in Lexington. You don't have to say anything nice things about Nate Oates. And it, it just keeps getting worse. It, you know how some guys, like, they had early on in their careers, and I know he was at Buffalo before this, like, early on, they have some missteps, they have some mistakes, and then they improve. He's not improving. He's getting worse. And the other aspect Don't of they this, lead the league? In terms of the incidents that oh, occur, oh. not in terms. Well, yeah, they, yeah, they aren't they at the top of the league. Team? He, I speaking in terms of the program, oh, yes, as opposed ter- to the team. And right. by the way, they so. do lead the lead, and they've won the SEC regular season title, and they've also won the tournament this tenure, and they don't do anything in the postseason. So, congratulations, you're the next rendition of Rick Barnes. Congratulations, regular season Oats. You're going to have great success each year. It seems like in Tuscaloosa during the regular season. And what are you going to do in the tournament? You're going to choke like you've done the last four or five years. That's the staple of Alabama basketball. They've, again, they've moved to a point where they have become the least liked team in the Southeastern Conference. And I and I made sure, I was like, I, I, I put a poll, I, I, was, I texted a couple radio guys throughout different Southeastern Conference a personal states. Personal poll. Yeah, and I was yeah. just like, hey, what, what what is the gauge? And, not, and I'm not just talking about in Auburn, like I text my guys in Opelika, it's like, hey, kind of gauge this for me. What is your fan base? And of course, Auburn fans hate Alabama more than anything. But you text like Georgia fans, you text Kentucky fans, you text others. And yes, they have these long-standing rivalries. Kentucky hates Tennessee. They got respect, but at the same time, don't like Arkansas. But a lot of them are like, yeah, Bama's like at two slash one now. So it's not just a a Ty Richardson, Eric Musselman, maybe a few other listeners here on the McCarty Daniel Hotline theme. It's spread to the SEC, and as annoying as it is, it's kind of good because I kind of like you're supposed to do SEC basketball. Didn't used to be watchable. You've had some polarizing coaches. You like a villain, yeah. You've, I mean, you've had Nolan. Well, you need him. You've had Rick Pitino. Cal was it when he first got in the? Uh, Cal was when he first got in the league. I mean, you've had some big names that have been in this conference, but. Now, again, with the upgrading coaches, the upgrading facilities and everything of that, and the attention paid to SEC basketball, you need this. So as much as I hate them, there actually is a positive to him well, becoming that villain in the Southeastern Conference. Yeah. And Cal is one of the faces of college basketball. Oh, no question. Yeah, they so, do the, the, I mean, ESPN does that car wash every single year. But he is, again, if he gets to a point... Like last year, there was like a combination of, and we talked about this on the show uh, last March, it was like, you you don't want Alabama to have success, right? But TV executives in the back rooms are kind of like, well, we kind of do because as much as people hate them, they're still going to wash them and want them to lose. They got rocked by San Diego State in that Sweet 16 game, but it's going to be, again, it's not going to have the similar circumstances because what happened last year, but... You'll be at a point now where it's not just SEC fans that are rooting against Alabama. The only ones that are going to be cheering for the Crimson Tide are the ones that have them in their bracket and then the Alabama fans. So that, they're like the anti-America's team right now. Anti. Complete opposite. Everybody hates them. If you cheer for Alabama basketball, like I understand the, the football aspect. I mean, I mean, Saban, again, as much as I was annoyed by him in Tuscaloosa, that the fact that he never lost to Arkansas, I love that guy. And I respect the heck out of him. Well, clearly, I got nothing but <laughs> man malcontent love. and man love for Nick Saban. Yeah, well, he's he's the greatest of all time. You gotta you gotta respect the honor of that. But you got nothing but malcontent, nothing but irritability towards the yeah. guy that mans the basketball program in Tuscaloosa. It's not okay. a what your beef Wednesday, but. Again, I can tell who didn't drink the I, decaf this I morning. I wish I wish like I would pay all of Tommy's salary. 
to let Eric Musselman speak his mind about how he actually feels about Nate Oates. Because he would give even more of a tangent than I just went on. What time do uh, Kentucky and Alabama Three play tomorrow? Three o'clock. CBS. So you got time to watch the Razorbacks, grab a little lunch, settle in, and hate Alabama. Yes, and I cannot believe Is that your day. I picked Alabama to win, but I'm actually somehow, some way, going to be cheering for Kentucky say, tomorrow. You picked Alabama to win like 15 minutes ago. And now they're like the worst thing that's ever painful. happened in the world. It was painful. Sometimes you got to go against not the grain necessarily, but what you actually feel from here, and you got to use your you know, brain. And we, it's the, weird. The league has six teams ranked right now, but only two are playing tomorrow against each other. That, that's the the one thing I wish. That's the, a big game. That's a huge game, and I mean, you know, no, all, you're right. I I just wish we had more of those ranked teams matching up with each other. But that's the only game in the league tomorrow where two ranked teams are playing. Bob's with me on this. He said he'd root for Iran over Alabama basketball. Thank you, Bob. He texted that in on the McCarty Daniel hotline. They, again, scum of the earth is a head basketball coach. Basketball program is trying to live up to football expectations in the most heinous so, ways possible. So and is LSU and your crosshairs in baseball? Who's your baseball team? You just Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. LSU has the championships. Bertman, Maneri, Johnson. That's the best job in the country, just like it is in football. You can't hate success. You can be frustrated by it, but there has to be a respectability with what happens. Do you in hate LSU. the Big Ten? Do you hate the Big Ten? Like in terms of baseball or just No, overall? just do you hate the Big yeah, Ten, generally speaking? Baseball, I don't yeah. you don't <laughs> you don't spend time on a lesser like, you don't spend time on hatred or something lesser than you. The Big Ten overall yeah. is lesser okay. in almost like, every hey, sport. Chuck Lyons don't worry about yeah. the opinion of the Chiefs. I guess that's right. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's, that's the best right. way to put it. That's the best I way to put it. I thought about that. Yeah. Whew. I got I a lot to digest there. I don't know. Yeah. Chuck, Chuck yeah. talk for a minute. I got to digest everything he just yelled I about. I don't know exactly. Uh, we, we're, we're scheduled to uh, talk about McClarty Daniel right here. I, I don't know exactly how to follow that act. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.